You are listening to a podcast produced by the Design Institute of Australia, supported by Fisher & Paykel. The DIA is the peak industry body for professional designers, representing Australian designers both here and internationally. We exist to help Australia's professional designers succeed in business and enjoy their working lives while collectively growing Australia's reputation as a design nation. Welcome to The Social Kitchen, conversations on food and design in a changing world. Fisher and Paykel have collaborated with the Designers Institute of Australia on this podcast version to connect interesting and insightful Australian designers with designers globally to better understand the role and process of design in a changing world. My name is Gavin Campbell, President of the Design Institute of Australia. And today I'm joined by Amelia Holmes, Marty Doherty and Simone Stevens. Amelia Holmes is a New Zealand interior designer and freelance stylist. Amelia has honed her own paired back aesthetic following many years living in New York, working with a set designer on projects for clients including American Vogue, Louis Vuitton, and extensively within Teen Vogue and Victoria's Secret as a stylist assistant to Heather Mary Jackson. Amelia splits her time between interior and fashion styling, contributing to Fashion Quarterly, L Decoration UK and Home as well as a creative consulting exercise for Ruby. Marty Doherty is the director of Doherty Design Studio, and has more than 20 years experience in residential and commercial interior design projects. Her passion for interior design has led DDS to work on a portfolio of multidisciplinary projects across Melbourne and encouraged the studio to design a, with a highly collaborative and bespoke approach. Simone is the chief design for architects and designers at Fisher & Paykel. Through her role, she has close relationships with architects and designers from around the world, creating immaculate kitchens that use Fisher & Paykel. Fisher & Paykel appliances have been designed to offer a lot of flexibility in how they can be arranged, allowing designers to take kitchens into design territory that is really new and extraordinary. Marty supports designers with bespoke detailing advice and has an incredible view of global trends in kitchen and laundry design due to this work. So today we're going to centre our discussion around materiality and explore issues surrounding practicality and aesthetics, culture, sustainability and our role as designers. Marty, I'll start off with you. My first question is, how do you build a palette of materials or how do you approach this for a project and has your approach changed in recent times? Not just mm. due to COVID, but maybe has the trends also been going a particular way for the last year or two? You know, we approach materiality and material selection for every project um, quite differently. Um, we see it as, um, obviously, it's a holistic um, journey when designing a kitchen, um, a kitchen for a client, but often that will be informed by the architecture that the kitchen's going into, the natural light that the, that the kitchen is, is um, orientated towards, um, preferences of our clients, um, and also us pushing our clients in a certain way as well. We love to um, present to our clients this really cohesive, unexpected, and but, but also beautiful collection of materials that will all work well from a functional perspective, but also from an aesthetic pers perspective for the kitchen. In terms of how things have changed in terms of materiality in recent times, I don't know that there has been a, a, a massive shift. I think we're continuing to use uh, really robust materials, very practical materials, um, and 
I think that connection, I, I think the biggest thing is the connection between those materials that are used in the kitchen with other areas in the house. And that's something that we've noticed uh, probably in the last six months changing a little bit. Um, we've found a real shift back to kitchens being separate rooms rather than being a part of the kitchen living and dining area. We've found since people now are doing a lot more working, living, eating, everything from home, that people are actually really wanting separation between these areas. So um, in the past, it would have been a, a real connection between the kitchen area and say the living and the, and, and, and the dining area, whereas now we're finding that a lot of people are wanting there to be quite a connection, quite a distinction between the kitchen finishes and other areas. Uh, Amelia, have you found that to be similar as well? I mean, and we're talking more about, um, I suppose, the changes now where we're talking about sociability and, and the need to be social and how do we, how do we um, treat that as designers? So it's interesting that it appears one trend's going one way to sort of like close off the kitchen, whereas, you know, we're now we're looking at a time when we need more sociability maybe. I don't know. Is that going mm. to change? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We probably um, in New Zealand haven't noticed that so much, probably because the kitchens where you spend so much of your time, I think, mm. you know, that it's accessible to rest of those living areas. Um, in terms of materials, probably we, in terms of access to New Zealand, it's a pretty small island and getting things here, we've definitely noticed um, lead times and things have really been pushed out. Um, so, and really trying to support local, local artisans and local suppliers and yeah, again, like, you know, new finishes that are used in other parts of the house for sure. Um, you know, things like using, you know, hand applied resin and, and plaster to cabinetry fronts and yeah, things like that. So really just working with local um, artisans to come up with some of those new applications that are durable and hard wearing and of interest and things that wear over time in a lovely way, you know, kind of like a leather or something like that where it's not, you know, I find sometimes with, yeah, some of those other materials that can get damaged quite easily and, and fast, yeah it, yeah, it ruins it. But, you know, sometimes there's something quite beautiful about plaster and, you know, the wear and tear that is applied to that and things like that. It's interesting, you know, the, the trend may be going to more of a social kitchen or more social areas, I don't know, especially if we have to, I don't know how it's affected you particularly in New Zealand, but if you have to lock down in a larger city, you're in a very confined space. Does that then now start to affect the materials that you look at? Do you see that becoming an issue or a trend? Mm, well, not so much. I just think people are probably cooking more than they, than they were is the biggest shift I've kind of seen. So you're spending a lot more time there. So there's been a lot of renovation <laughs> going on in New Zealand over yeah. this time. I think that's the biggest thing we've really noticed is definitely our work has not slowed or the market in, in terms of interiors has, has only you know, picked up because I think people are enjoying being home and, I, you know, travel was so accessible and I think now people are finding they've got more time, which is kind of nice, actually. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. And I also think, um, as you said, Amelia, people are now including more appliances in their kitchens than they were before. Yeah. And I know that's one of the things um, in our design studio that we've noticed in the last few months. Um, people are cooking. Uh, I know even in our family, we've been cooking meals 
that we would all normally only cook on a, on a weekend for a lunch. We've yeah, been cooking yeah. them for a weekday lunch. And our kids um, who are 11 and 13 are fully embracing cooking. Um, so they're in the kitchen as well. It's like become this real shared place yeah. now, whereas yeah. previously it was either my husband or myself. And um, I think that's, that's – and I know um, – my parents even, um, the older generation who were normally going out a lot and travelling a lot, they're now cooking and baking bread and the kitchen yeah. has become yeah. this real um, place of showing love, I think, and, um, yeah. and nurturing your family. In yeah, one of the small pleasures, you know, you could actually get enjoyment out of the food that you were making and, and I think mm -hmm. you're right. Um, we heard so many stories about people actually, um, you know, learning new skills around the mm -hmm. cooking that they were doing. Um, you know, there, there's you know, the banana bread that travelled around the world or, um, you know, a lot of sourdough recipes that people have mm -hmm. been trying that they might not have had the confidence to even attempt before, but it's no. awesome to, to see. Do you see this then as a, a possible change to the way we look at the kitchens? Because, you know, quite, quite um, traditionally recently, you know, especially in the larger, more bespoke homes, they become centrepiece, they're a bit grand, a bit precious. Well, if, if you're baking lots of sourdough, and I saw a friend of mine, yeah, he, he got into that and was just, I think he did 12 bakes in, you know, two weeks or something crazy. And, um, but, you know, your, your kitchen can't be so precious then. You know, it's harder to keep clean. It's, harder. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's actually more of a functional space, more of a social space. Do you see that trend happening? I d yes, absolutely, I do. And I think that people are actually thinking about, the, you know, the functions that they are participating in within the kitchen now even more. Um, we used to talk about um, weekday convenience and weekend gourmet, but I think, you know, our whole experience has been, and I know ours was three meals a day were cooked in the kitchen. Um, and, you know, I was cooking multiple breakfasts for the children and uh, it was actually a really nice way to, to spend time together and that you could um, you know, one of the highlights of the day might be planning the meal and getting nice ingredients because it was quite hard at times to to find things. So you were looking at interesting ways to cook, but how you could actually um, get comfort from it. And and so I think there's a lot of people that would have, um, uh, you know, I think interest in, in different areas of cooking, like steam cooking, sous vide, you know, there's lots of really um, amazing, in um, all the chefs that were actually, um, really generous and sharing their recipes and ideas. Yeah. You could actually kind of explore and, and access so much more than before. So I think hopefully there's a lot more enthusiasm and um, emotion, you know, built up to these wonderful but really functional, practical kitchens that you spend time in and you create in um, that will go forward. I, I think too probably, I, I know myself, but others as well, we'd be thinking about, you know, larders and preserving and storing. Mm. Lots of things that you didn't ever, you know, spend the time actually bothering with before, but is actually quite satisfying. And, and so I think there's also that nostalgic kind of um, time spent that feels like quality time. And especially when the family get involved with it and you start to see, you know, children um, participating and, and learning those skills and... and mm realizing where that food comes from it, it's um they're really great things to to actually come out of it so in lots of ways this is um contributing a lot to our culture isn't it and i, and I, and I suppose we're using technology in a sense to disseminate those uh recipes or ideas 
and the hub of the kitchen has been the place where we're coming together as a you know as a family your 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 um your close family or your extended family now in some in some areas we're able to get together a lot more so it's becoming a more yeah. central um more important part of our sociability i suppose um than it was or at least we are at least we're recognizing it as that would you agree with that I would agree with that. And I also think, um, as you mentioned, Simone, that I think people are rediscover or, or discovering sometimes for the first time their creativity in the kitchen. It's um, because we do have this additional time. It's, um, it's now this place where we can create and where, as you say, the technology is there. The chefs are now sharing their amazing recipes that we can now have the confidence to use, um, to use the technology also with this idea of, actually hand making things and actually spending the time. So I think it's bringing, I know for our family, I feel like it's bringing the creativity back into the kitchen, which is wonderful. And it was also, I think, one of the parts about it that made it more approachable or um, relaxed is that everyone was um, quite open, like how many recipes had alternatives or, you know, different ways. Mm -hmm. and it wasn't about being really rigid and having to follow step by step. There was lots of leeway for you might not have this or you could use this other technique. And I think that actually, mm. you know, opened it up a lot more and, and just made it feel um, like you give it a go and it might not you know you could get some results out of it they might not be exactly the same but that was okay as well have you heard that the dia is working to defend your intellectual property rights we believe that you should be fairly compensated for your design work and your right to control your designs should be respected do you have a story to share about a design being copied or your work as a designer not being acknowledged have you registered your designs with IP Australia? If you have a tale to tell, good or bad, we would love to hear from you to help shape our policy work. Contact design.org.au slash advocacy or follow the link in our show notes. So what, what we're looking at, and this is a, a conversation that we've had numerous times, is technology and its influence on the way we live, but probably understanding the tools that we have and um, better utilising them or understanding them. And in a kitchen, obviously the tools are your, your appliances um, and you can start to do a lot more with those. Um, and I suppose that's a task for Fisher and Paykel to really sort of um, um, explain how these are better or better used um, and put them into a kitchen. So, because, you know, quite often, you know, I, I see, um, I've seen kitchens where clients have just, you know, three ovens and don't really know how to use one of them, you know, <laughs> or, you know, three ovens, a microwave and a this and a that and a coffee machine. And it's all like everything at a press of a button almost, but without really understanding the, the science behind cooking or the science behind food preparation. Um, so I think that's a, a very important role of designers. Um, would you agree, Amelia, on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, the combo of the, the gas and induction is a really good example of you know, people wanting to cook one way, but introducing, you know, some people are completely gas and you introduce them to induction and then there's, you know, two different sciences behind that, um, which I think is is really interesting for people. I think the other, it's probably just more having the time now that people mm. have had the time to stop and actually get the amount of times, 
a little bit we finish a kitchen and it's like where does the microwave go <laughs> but I will say probably in the last few months and um, you know the microwave hasn't been brought up so much you know because we've, they've had the time you know there was that convenience for a while it was so rushed and so much eating out and things like that so yeah I think yeah technology I think also you have to figure out how you cook that is that's our our biggest role really is like figure, you know we don't want someone to install a steam oven if they're never going to use it and they're not interested um you know really you know sending them to those um to those te- you know those cooking demonstrations and figuring out if it really is for them or or not um so and it's using technology that you feel comfortable with Really? Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. technology that supports the process really positively, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Getting, getting back to um, materiality, do you think um, the last few months is, is going to impact upon um, the way we select materials, you know, looking at whether they're easily cleaned, um, et cetera? I, I, I saw, um, actually, it was quite, it's, I, think, I believe it's quite an old grand design, but it was a, um, a kitchen where they had a copper bench, for instance. Um, and utilize that sort of um, uh, the, it's micro uh, not, not mi- microbacteria, but it's microorganisms that I think it, it's, it can actually sort of control to some degree. Um, and they they were looking at that. Do you think there's a trend, or there may be a trend to go down that path, or a trend to say get away from some of the more rustic, watered, the more easily clean type of products? Yeah, it's a it's probably a tough one. That one, I think, like it really depends on the, the, the person, you know, for us, it's really the client, if they're understanding the maintenance of that or what that is going to look like in six months time and eight months time. So it's really kind of about the education and just the knowledge of that. Um, I de- definitely think people are because everything's just evolving so fast. Um, you know, so people are wanting something different and something interesting and yeah they are think definitely thinking about more natural materials and local materials and things yeah that aren't gonna you know chip in two years time you know copper's not gonna gonna in what way are things moving fast in what way are things moving fast in your design process I i think there's a lot of development that happens quite fast but sometimes i'm not sure if it's always the best um, you know and I suppose that's why we always probably go back to um, a natural product really at, at the end of the day um, because you know a lot of new products man-made have been developed and some of them can be quite incredible and amazing but I think you know there are a lot of them on the market and you really have to yeah just be wary of what those properties are and how durable they will be in time some of them can look so amazing in the beginning and then look worse in five years' time was the opposite, I think, with sometimes natural, you know, you can kind of install it. It's quite can be a little bit more intense and then, you know, like it dulls and kind of takes on a life of its own in, you know, four to five years' time. So, yeah, that's how. And it's really trying, yeah, I think probably something a little bit more classic and subdued and not so um, trend-driven, really. It's what we aim yeah, for. Yeah. So in, in lots of cases, the role of the designer is then to, um, is to inform and educate, I suppose, the client mm. on expectations. And yeah. sometimes, you know, that uh, completely modernistic sort of approach to design and minimalism is, is a very hard thing to achieve and to keep up, isn't it? Do you, do you yeah. see, um, um, do you see um, uh, a more approach to it like a, a humanistic sort of, or human-centric sort of nature-centric sort of design? 
and and that that comes across in almost like a biophilic design as well. We've been talking about that recently about um, not just the outside in and the inside out type of thing, but natural light, plants, natural materials. Mm. Um, mm. Do you see more of an approach to that? Maybe, maybe Marty, you could comment on that. Yeah, I, I would um, love to comment on that. I think in, in our studio, there's clearly been a move towards, and, and I suppose even a maintenance of using natural materials for our kitchen designs and and actually educating our clients as to how to how to maintain them how to um how to use them and i think clients are really keen to um to use materials that are that are natural in the kitchen and and also we're really trying to encourage locally made materials as well um i think that's I think that's one of the trends that we've been noticing in our studio. Um, and I think now as people have more time on their hands and are spending more time and being more creative in the kitchen, that they are more prepared to use a natural stone, for example, that they may not have considered um, a, a, a few years ago. Simone, how do you feel about that? Is, that? is that a trend that you're sort of seeing, you know, coming back to more the natural <laughs> products and sort of recognising, you know, as I said, the humanistic sort of approach to um, and that natural sort of approach to design? I think so, because I think it's um, that tactility, like, you know, they feel nice, um, they're nice to live with, but they also, um, as Amelia mentioned, they're going, the patina that they have over time actually mm. character brings a lot with them. And, and that's a really great thing, rather than something that deteriorates. There's nothing more um, frustrating than, you know, creating something beautiful and, and then having it actually degrade over time. So I think, you know, enduring and quality, yeah. timelessness, um, you know, are, are really important and what people would be um, really putting a lot of consideration into with the, the homes that they're building and the kitchens that they're putting within them. Yeah, I think, I think also too with that maintenance, there's a lot more respect for us. Mm. You know, we've gone back to the cooking, we've, you baking bread from scratch, all of those things. And I think, you know, then instead of being frustrated that we're trying to pack for the trip and like we can't get the stone, you know, resealed, et cetera, I think people are kind of really understanding like those decisions that they've made um, on those materials and the beauty of them and the upkeep and, and what you have to kind of do to, you know, to just enhance and ensure the longevity of those things. Yeah, I think you're right there, Amelia. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to um, spend a bit of time in Scandinavia on a few trips and met some of the designers there. And they, they use the timber on the floor that they have to treat themselves, you know, every, every year. You know, they, it's not some sort of um, polish or whatever that's, that's sprayed over the top. And, you know, we, we you know, yeah. debate whether it's good or bad for the environment or water-based or acrylic or this or that. Mm. And, and, and every year it's something they get down their hands and knees and they scrub the floor with soap and prepare it and that lasts for the next year. And these are things that are ongoing. And that respect for the materiality, I think, mm. is an integral part of um, what we need to instill in consumers but also in designers so that when we're, you know, whether it's a kitchen or a kettle, or an iPhone or something like that, we actually understand and respect those materials and where they're coming from. Um, and we place value on that. One of, you know, I love the idea of what you just suggested then about, you know, having to clean something um, to, to understand its value and, and to sort of, it becomes tactile then, doesn't it? How do you yeah. feel about that, Marty? <laughs> yeah, I, t I totally agree. It actually reminds me of a, um, a kitchen that we're designing at the moment for a client who has asked that it be in a in a separate area to the living and the dining area 
and they actually want it to be like a really working, functional, messy, gritty kind of kitchen. And it's not, um, and we are looking at introducing copper into that kitchen as well. So that that element of nostalgia, I think, is is entering the entering our kitchen design. And the idea that it is, it's this room that is um, robust and it gets bashed about and it's it doesn't need to be the centrepiece of the house. It's actually like the the engine room of the house and it's producing and um, that idea of it being like a hard-wearing space, I think, is becoming more prevalent in these in, in homes these days. Yeah, for yes. Sure. And Simone, do you see that as a, as a global trend as well? Uh, yes. Yep. Especially when we're talking globally, you know, there's so many people that live in really cosmopolitan lives and they're eating out all the time and they haven't actually ever had to cook. So they're really rethinking, you know, their, their spaces and, and how they live within them and cook within them. And, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, it, it's, not, it's not going away at this stage in a lot of areas. So they've got that to deal with for a lot longer than we. We're quite fortunate in our current situation that we're out there again and, and able to access a lot more, which is great. And I yeah, think um, cleanliness is always a, a concern, you know, that we have had around our products because you don't want a product to be hard to clean. You know, it, it's about the, you know, the, the gaps, the radius um, in terms of how your finger's going to actually fit and scrub. And we get the engineers to actually clean roasting trays so that they have a real understanding about what they're modelling is, um, you know, the, the realities of that when you're actually physically cleaning it yourself, whereas you can be detached from that process. So it's important that all of us as employees working on products actually get to use and live with them and not just the nice cooking, but the actual cleaning and the hardware um, and the tasks around it. Um, but it's also to, you know, the gaps that are around those and how they fit within the kitchen so that, you know, there's not dirt traps and things like that. There's lots of little detail that we'll spend a lot of time working through to, to try and make it the best it can be. Well, those, those are really important. I mean, it, it's, it's so often you, you pick up a product or go to a web page and you go, really, did, did the designer ever try this? Did they ever, you know, you know, you're trying to sell this product and, you know, did the CEO of that organisation ever sort of pick that up and try and pour a kettle as an example mm. or whatever? Um, too often you find that it's, it's almost like the end product is the, is, is the issue rather than the process and the use, the, the process in using that product. So it's really important, you know, for designers, um, which is great to understand your story, you know, that you, you need to use it and un understand how it's going to be used and abused and how to clean it and maintain it because that will add to the longevity of it as well. There's nothing more frustrating, is there, than something that's just dirty and you can't do anything about it. It sort of, um, it sort of brings us around to then looking at, at this design in general, you know, like as a, as a circular economy and, and being part of the circular economy and circular design. Is your, it'd be interesting to see your, your take, your three of you, your take on your approach design as a long, longevity sort of issue as opposed to a fashion sort of like trend. Um, how do you balance those, those um, two sort of issues up? Maybe Simone, you can start with that. Sure. I think like we're, um, you know, our product has to stand on its own. So, um, you know, they're beautiful. They have to perform well, but they they need to be, you know, stylish. And um, we, we often talk about a, a timeless style. But, 
we're really aware of the context that they go into, which is people's homes and um, designers' kitchens. So we need to take into account the the trends or the not so much trends but you know the the movements and the shifts and the intentions of those designs so that our product is going to work well with those and uh, so we i guess a large part of, about it is that we try to provide choice and that might be around sizing mm -hmm. but it, it's also about being able to choose what you want to put on show and what you want to hide away. So integration and custom um, panel options are a really big aspect to a lot of the products that we work with. And even being able to achieve, you know, really bespoke designs, which might be thicker panels or longer extended panels, low toe kicks, a lot of, um, a lot of those aspects might be ones that we work through and then we feed into new products and it comes from having a really close relationship and working through a lot of designs with designers out there in the industry that really informs that work for us. And Amelia, how, how do you um, how do you balance up say trends and fashion with practicality and longevity of design and, and you know design integrity something that will last um, you know we've, we've talked about um, designs that will last for a long time you know that, that actually are they're practical and sustainable. How do you balance those issues up? I suppose mostly we're working on new builds. Um, so I feel in respect to that, we're, we're really designing the kitchen for the house. So it's, it's not like we're looking for a latest trend that we want to inject into this house. It's really, it's a whole project um, for us is how we approach these things. So it's in that respect, you know, you're, you're getting long, you're treating longevity that way, where it's like, you know, this is part of the house. This is the heart of the house, really. So, yeah, that's that's how we approach it. So, therefore, it, they're not, it's not trend-driven. Um, of course, those things have an influence, um, but at the end of the day, no, it's mostly kind of for the house, and that's, I suppose, how we feel we'll get. Yeah, but it certainly has um, an influence on materiality, um, you know, some of the products that might be put forward by kitchen designers might be more gimmicks rather than anything else, um, yeah, which really... may not be that practical. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah so, you, you, you know, you, you'd have clients who, who sort of like are, are looking at the magazines or have their friends who have maybe had other designers look at their kitchens. Yeah. Maybe I'm too bossy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably just say no. <laughs> Um, you know, there's, yeah, there's things, I mean, I'd really have to be taken kind of, I'd have to be convinced of the new product really that, that you know, yeah, we're, we're really, you don't want too much in there. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is, is the fridge in, in a way, you know, like that, that's actually what's so great about the Fisher and Paykel 600 wide, you know, that the literage is so huge, um, yet the, the cavity that it's taking up is not so large. So there's little things like that. I think you know people think they need this 1,200 wide fridge, whereas actually they could probably get away with you know different dimensions and things like that. So it's just um, it's knowing a lot of things like that really about um, yeah technology. But I'm really trying not to um, yeah get too carried away with any gimmicks really. To be honest, um, and that's gonna. Oh no, definitely. Well, that's in a theory that in theory that's the role of the, of the design, isn't it? You know, you you you're going through that we're process. Yeah, yeah, um, That's your experience. That's yeah. your knowledge, your intellectual property, your knowledge base, um, and it's really then informing clients and taking them on that journey, because because what you are 
trying to do is build in longevity, whether it's in the look of the aesthetics and or the functionality. You know, they're both sort of similar to it to some degree. How, how do you approach it, Marty? Uh, I, we're probably similar to Amelia in the sense that we are always looking at longevity. Like we feel like we're, um, we, when we're designing a kitchen, it's often as part of a whole home and we do a lot of renovations. So I feel like we're just passing the baton on like custodians um, for the next however many years. And we really try to um, make a kitchen from a material perspective and also from an equipment perspective, like really enduring and, there are trends um, within kitchen materials, certainly, um, and also within kitchen appliances. Um, but we're always looking for longevity with our projects and longevity with materials. And one of the things that I've noticed in regard to trends with equipment just in the last probably four months is the desire for clients to have instead of one big oven they're now requesting two smaller ovens i think in the past people would have had um would have been quite comfortable with one large oven and now i feel people have a lot more time and they're actually preparing a main meal and then they're also preparing a dessert so i think there's certainly trends within appliances um we've noticed a lot of clients using steam ovens probably in the last few years which i think is fantastic i think it's great that we're embracing this amazing technology and I hope to always um, pursue that and be a, a firm that's known for um, using progressive technology in their, in their homes but with this underlying, um, I suppose, blanket of longevity of, of each of the spaces. Yeah, and I suppose it's coming back to what Simone was talking about, you know, really looking at then product and materials really that... Um, a thought, a thoughtful, and have had a process of design integrity. Uh, you know, so when you look, it surprises me just how often you know you can go to a kitchen showroom and you just look at some of the leading brands as an example, and they just, um, you, you can just see they they can't be cleaned that easily. You know, they've got a, and and the way you maybe even uh, the knobs are designed, the way you turn them on mm -hmm. and off, or the just the intuitive use, the way you use them is is just not very clear. Um, mm. Because I suppose what's, what um, a lot of manufacturers tend to try and do is reinvent the wheel every time. It's got to be, you know, we need a new oven, we need a new this. Whereas the good brands really are just on a progressive sort of journey of, of yeah. continually re-evaluating and, and um, redesigning little bits. Refinement and evolution, I think. Yeah, I, I was just brought up a story the other day where, you know, um, again, as I said, I've been lucky enough to go to Scandinavia and... Um, you know, even um, a Fritz Hansen product, you know, an Arne Jakobsen sort of plywood chair um, is constantly redesigned. You know, um, they were using um, screws to fix the base to the seat at one stage and then mm -hmm. they came across um, UV cured adhesive from the de dental sort of, um, uh, sort of arena. And so they applied that technology. So it's this, not necessarily always having to reinvent the product, it's just mm -hmm. refine it. And, and that's, that's a really important thing to do. So... If in your design process you've got that ability to do that and explain that to the client, I think that's very important. Yeah. yeah. All okay. right. Well, um, I think it's time for us to wrap up. So I, I just want to thank you um all very much for joining us. Um, this has been um the second in the series, and it's been a really interesting conversation. What I just wanted to say is um, you now we're really grateful at the Design Institute of Australia and myself personally. We're really grateful to be able to connect to people and um, 
COVID has sort of given us that opportunity, which we've embraced, and I think a lot of us have. So, you know, we're learning an awful lot, uh, both as, as, as an organisation and individually. And um, the more of these conversations we have, you know, the better I think we'll be in the long term. So I want to thank you all very much for, for joining us today and wish you all well. Thank you. Okay, thank take you. care. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast made possible by the support of Fisher & Paykel. The Design Institute of Australia would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are gathered and all First Nations people on the land now known as Australia. The DIA respectfully recognises Elders past, present and emerging. We celebrate the innovation, creativity and ingenuity of the world's oldest continuing creative culture.